Good morning, Gretna. This is Pastor Rob. Thank you for joining us today on this Easter Sunday morning. We pray that this will be a blessing to you as it was to us as we bring glory to our Father in heaven for the salvation that comes through his Son. I'm going to open us in a time of prayer, and then we're going to have a wonderful time of worship, and uh, we pray that it'll be a blessing to you too. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful. Oh my goodness, we are thankful for so much. We are thankful for your mercies and for your grace. We are thankful for your love, your strength, your faithfulness. And in this time of year in particular, we are thankful for your son. We're thankful for the sacrifice that he willingly made, something he didn't deserve, so that we could all know you so that we could all return to you as we were always intended to be. Lord, we, we are humbled by your mercies. We are humbled by your willingness to lay it all out on our behalf. We pray this time we'll glorify you, we'll strengthen one another, and that we can continue to be a light that shines brighter and brighter in the world in your name. Is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. My Redeemer lives, especially on this day. I'm easily excited. Can you tell? Hey, this is a stand. Whoa! This is this is the time of our service that we uh, we set aside uh, to make an offering back to the Lord of the things He has provided us with. You know, we are very, very blessed, even in the midst of COVID-19. It's, it should be easy for us to see, I hope, just how blessed we are to have one another, right? To have this place that we can produce, to have our homes, right? And food in our bellies and clothes on our back. And, and I also want to say, if you find yourself right now in a place where you don't have those things, um, we would love to help. So please, 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 please pray in. Please let us know. And we would be more than happy to step in and do our best to, to help you in this difficult time. In the meantime, if you look up around your screen, you'll see a giving button on the top and a few things running across the bottom that are different ways that we can give back to the work that we are doing here, all in the Lord's name. I'm going to offer a prayer, and then we have one more song, right? All right, let's pray. Father God, we pray that whatever might be offered today is pleasing to you that it brings you glory and is used to bring you even more glory. We are humbled and thankful for all that you give us and not the least of which, in fact, the greatest is eternal life with you. What a blessing that is. We are honored and humbled that you give us an opportunity to be part of the mission of preaching to the world of your greatness and of your salvation. Lord, we are thankful for your provision and your faithfulness. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. He arose, he arose. Yes, he arose. I need one of those. You're fine. You're fine. I normally don't. But I found that when I'm trying to stay in front of one of these cameras, it keeps me grounded. 
It keeps me from moving. I remind myself I need to stay put so people can see me. Because if, if you've ever been in church with me while I'm preaching, standing still is not one of my natural tendencies. So, you know, today, I, I've said before, is a special day. And if we, if we consider things in, in our lives, we all have special days, those things that are, that are days that we, that we cherish, that we remember. You know, I, I remember the birth of my daughter, and I remember the birth of my sons, and I remember the first time I met Heather, and I remember my wedding day, sort of. My wedding day was really, uh, or our wedding day, sorry, Heather, <laughs> our, our wedding day was really, for me, a blur, uh, just a blur. It started early in the morning with us catering our own uh, our own, what's it called? Reception? Uh, catering our own reception. And so we were running around, both of us, in separate cars, going to separate places, running to Sam's Club and grabbing things. And I was just moving all over the place. And it just, it, the time just flew by. And by the time the afternoon hit, I'm already tired. I don't think I stopped to eat lunch. And, and, and I'm trying to track down my best man because he's MIA. I don't know where he is. Of course, he was coming in from another state. So, And trying to give people directions and answering phone calls and trying to figure out who's coming where and are they going to be here and what do I need to do. And then it feels like all of a sudden I'm standing up front with my best man next to me going, hey, you can still get out of this because he did, right? <laughs> and I hear the music start. And it was almost surreal. It was almost like, is this really happening? Really, this is really happening, right? And I turned pale white, and I know that only because everybody around me said, Rob, you're turning pale white. Are you okay? And the, the music starts, and I hear her come up, I see her come up to the front, and I'm just, I'm just in a blur wondering how I got this lucky, right? And how I, I managed to marry up. <laughs> and the answer is by the grace of God. And so um, she's coming forward and she walks up and she looks at me and she's under a veil and she sticks her tongue out at me, largely because she would say later, uh, you were turning pale white <laughs> and I was afraid you were gonna pass out. So she sticks her tongue out at me and it immediately kind of broke the mood. Now, having said that, I have a confession. Honey, I don't, I have no idea what our vows were. I don't even know what I said that day. I don't know what you said that day. Please don't hold that against me because you might say I made promises I didn't make. I don't know. But the point it was, it was such a blur to me. And, and I really don't remember a lot of the details because the moment itself was just so much for me. That, and I felt so blessed and so amazed that the details, I guess, didn't matter, but they certainly didn't register. And I can, I, I draw that correlation because I, I think that's probably the way the disciples felt on Sunday morning. I think they, they had just spent a, a week um, following, following their Savior, Right? as he went from the triumphant entry just this previous Sunday to, to being ridiculed by other leaders within the Lord's family. 
and being betrayed by his best friends and being beaten to death or beaten and hung on a cross because that's better, right? And dying and thinking and spending a day, the disciples spending at least a day going, what is this? What is going on? I don't understand. And, and Mary and, and the others going to the tomb very early that morning in the dark, just really just going to, to pay respects to their Lord and their leader, to, to um, anoint him with perfumes, to guard the smell because that's, that's really what the Jews would have done at the time. The Egyptians embalmed, but, but these, they didn't. They just went to kind of guard the smell and kind of uh, push it back until the time of formal burial. But that is not what they found. <laughs> they did not find that. And we're going to dive into our scriptures. It's Luke 24, and we're going to go through it. It's Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. And it's, it's, it's their story of not finding that, of finding nothing like what they expected and the blur that is their moment and their day after that. Read along with me. It says this. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and they went in, but did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes, and so the women were terrified, and they bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here, but he has been resurrected. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And then they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to the rest, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman with them were telling the apostles these things. It's it's mind-boggling to me that, that, but I'm missing two verses, am I not? I am. Oh, But these words seemed like nonsense to them. Let's finish this. These words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, and when he stooped down and looked in, he saw only the linen cloths, and so he went away amazed at what had happened. I'm sure glad I got those other two verses in. I have to tell you, had I been there that day, I would have absolutely been with Mary and the others amazed and blown away by what I'd just seen, right? You know they saw him. Mary was one of the the few that we know was there from the beginning to the end as Jesus hung on the cross. We know he was there. She saw as they they stabbed him with a spear. She saw as they took him down. She saw as the earth quaked and the curtains ripped. And she saw all of these things. She knows where they put him. She was there as they put him in the tomb and they rolled the stone. She was there to see the guards posted. And nothing of what she's seeing here on Sunday morning lines up with anything she's seen on already. And it seems strange, you know, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Well, she expected the Lord to be dead. 
And I have to tell you, I'm not sure if I were one of them there that morning that, that two glowing figures would help me. That would probably cause me to do what they did, which was fall on my face, to, to, to bow down. I remember this one time when I got into a, a car accident, somebody T-boned me. It was my wife's car. And I remember sitting there on the side of the road going, oh my goodness, what is going on? What's happening? And all of a sudden I hear this voice go, are you okay? And I went, God? And the guy goes, no, it's OnStar. I was like, oh my God. Right? Huh? Close enough. <laughs> right? Freaked me out a little bit. But this, this wasn't that. This was two, two men in glowing, dazzling clothes. That, that word that's dazzling that's in the Greek is the same used to describe a lightning strike. This massive, bright flash overtakes your life, kind of in-your-face light, this sudden, powerful thing. It's amazing to me these women had come here with these, these simple intentions to honor their master, to prepare him. I do wonder, do you think they slept at all the night before? Do you think they were just going, they'd been in mourning. Truthfully, they'd been in mourning. They'd been concerned and sad, sad. And I wondered if they were asking each other questions on the way, going, you know, did, who's going to remove the stone for us, this big rock, right? How are we going to get this rock out of the way? Will the guards help? I'm sure they were wondering. What kind of condition will the body be in? Will the, will the guards give us any trouble? Will they mock us? And in a moment, in a moment, their intentions and their questions are forgotten. In seeking Jesus, they have found something totally unexpected and totally life-changing. What if they hadn't shown up that morning? I have to tell you, it took a lot of courage for those ladies to go do that. It took a lot of courage and a lot of commitment and a lot of dedication. What if they hadn't shown up that morning? They would have missed out on probably the greatest event in human history right? They would have missed it completely. But I think, I think that's what we need, one of the things we need to take from, from this experience here is that they didn't. They didn't not show up. They came. They came because they were serving their Lord. They came because they, they believed in him. They came because they loved him. You see, the, the truth is for all of us, Jesus is calling us in that way. He's calling us to come to him. But we have to show up. We have to go. So, so often we, we can make excuses. Even those of us who know the Lord already can make excuses. You know, like the, the women wondering if there was this impossibly heavy stone, how are we gonna move it? Are there, there are things in my life, these impossibly heavy weights in my life that, that I can't lift? So how do I think that God could lift them, right? And so we, we don't go to him even though he's calling because we're going, I can't lift that stone. Certainly God can't lift that stone. Or what about the things that God calls us into to do and we see them as almost this, this overpowering smell of, no, 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 that's horrible. I don't want to do that. I don't want to mess with that. That's gross. That's, that's not, no, you're asking me to change. Or, or, or when he calls us to confront, confront our fears, to set aside those things that keep us from knowing him. 
These, these Mary and the others, they, they are so blessed. They got to be what I would call the first evangelists, right? They're the first people to see and, and know of the resurrected Lord and to go tell the world of who the resurrected Lord is, all because their love, their commitment, their devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, their trust in him helped them to set aside those fears, to not be worried about the stones they wouldn't be able to move, and to not be worried about anything else that might come because they fully believed if they showed up, God would do the rest. God can remove this heavy burden from your life. He can stop this sin that's overpowering your life that makes you think you're beyond redemption. You're not. Jesus died this moment, this time, this thing we're celebrating. This is Jesus dying to prove to you that your sin is not beyond redemption. The Lord can make you whole again. Because can I tell you a secret? He's not a human being like the rest of us that can't move the stone. He is God, incarnate, all-powerful, creator of the universe, and the savior of his people. You know, it's, it's normal when, I, when, when we use words like that, Savior and Lord and, and even Master. All these are words to describe Jesus. We have fears of what it would look like if we, if we give up control and we allow him to guide our steps and we, we show up for the things that he is calling us to. But when we do that, and if you've not ever allowed the Lord to take over in your life. Maybe you you don't know him at all and you're just on here learning for the first time or wondering what this is about. Or maybe in this dark time of COVID-19 where you're scared, now it's causing you to ask questions. I don't believe God caused that. I do believe though that God will use that. I do believe that if you're here at this time in this place, if you're listening now, whether it be on Easter Sunday 2020 or on YouTube in 2025 on a Tuesday night at 11 o'clock, the Lord has you there so that you can hear his word and meet his son who gave all of who he was for you. And all you have to do is show up. (laughs) You have to follow You have to trust and you have to give control to him and believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that whatever it is you're holding on to or whatever it is you're afraid might happen, if you allow him to take that from you, that is where you will find healing and that is where you will find life. Because that's also what they found at the tomb that morning. They expected to find death and they found life. If we go back to our source text and we start in Luke 24, 5b, it says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Asked the men. He's not here, but he has risen. Amen and amen he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying it is necessary, necessary that the son of man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and rise on the third day. And then they remembered his words. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ or at one point have committed yourself to him, I would ask a question. What words of the Savior have you forgotten at some point? Have you fallen away? Have you dropped off? Because there were disciples along this route, right? As they they ran into difficulties and they ran into problems over the life of Jesus, they, they, they fell away. 
Some of them didn't believe his promises. What, what of his promises have you not believed? We've all been there, right? I don't want to sound like this is Rob condemning. Rob has certainly had his issues too. <laughs> but if you haven't been looking for life in Jesus, where have you been looking for it? Because all these other paths, all these other things that we use, right? Our achievements in life, right? And our jobs or, or in school, we kind of view those as the way we prop ourselves up and the way we find our strength and we think we're going to find our happiness. Sometimes we think we find it in wealth. Sometimes we think we find it in the validation of others. We think that's, that's we're finding life. But what we're finding are things that will fade away. Life, true life, only comes in the salvation of Jesus Christ. No one else can make you whole. Nothing else, no substance, no activity, no accomplishment can make you whole. Only Jesus can make you whole. Only Jesus can give you life. You know, I, I read a study yesterday that um, during COVID that that many mental health counselors are concerned that the suicide rates are going to go up. And they're concerned about that because it's happened before. In the Spanish flu epidemic, suicide rates went up. When HIV in the late 80s and early 90s was running rampant in certain groups and certain populations of people that were heavily affected, suicide rates shot through the roof. It can be really easy when you're not able to see others very often. This is one of the highlights of my week, by the way, because I get to see more people right now than I see any other time of the week right now. This is one of the highlights of my week, but in, in times when you, when you don't get to do that, the, the darkness can kind of descend upon you. And I think it can most profoundly descend because if we have found or tried to find life in all of those other things, in those relationships or those achievements or whatever, that, whatever, and suddenly those things are yanked away, we're left scrambling. We're left feeling like we don't have a purpose and we don't have meaning and we don't have value and nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. You see, it's, it, Jesus died to show us that. If you've been following along throughout this week, he died so that we might be brought back to the Father while we were still sinning, as Paul tells the Romans, while we were still sinners and all have fallen short. None of us are worthy of it, but he has done it anyways. He has decided that we have value, value enough that he's willing to give his life for it. God says you are valuable regardless of all these other things that may come and go in your life. And, and he wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's not your actions or your accomplishments that make you worthy, but it's his love that makes you worthy. It's his desire for you to be his people that make you worthy. So worthy, in fact, that he has promised us an eternity with him. 
that he has made us sons and daughters. He has made us part of his family. We are brothers and sisters alongside the Lord who sits at the, who sits at the right hand of God. That is mind-boggling to me and utterly wonderful. It's difficult sometimes, but we have to be willing, we have to find a way to see past all the noise, right? All the noise in your life, all the noise of the news, all the noise of our fears, all the noise of our changes, all the noise of our difficulties, because it is. It's all noise. It's all just static that keeps us from hearing and knowing and seeing the truth. The truth that the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins on a cross and was resurrected and thereby beat death back. He beat it back. We need not fear it. We need, we need not be anxious about all these different things, this noise that can keep us from seeing and hearing clearly. We, we need not have that. We need to be willing to, 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 to just openly see and admit that this Middle Eastern carpenter was God walking among us, right? This simple man was God walking among us, raised from the dead, never to die again. That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he offers the same to you and to me and to all those who would come to them. And you might ask, well, how do I do that? Well, that's pretty simple. You simply choose to. You simply choose to say, Lord, I want you and need you to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, I know I've, I've fallen short. I've made mistakes. We all make mistakes. I know that I can't roll away the big rock on my own. I know that, that, that my sin, if I'm left to my own devices, the things that, that hold me back, that keep me from feeling whole, that beat down my heart and soul, I need your help to remove because you are the all-powerful God who beat death. You are the one who can heal me, and I need you. Lord, I trust that wherever you tell me to go, I will show up. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my friend. I give myself to you. It's more than just words. It's an understanding that our God our all-powerful God, creator of the heavens and the earth, gave his life for us. It's that that we commemorate today and that that we are inviting you to join us in because our Savior wants to know you. Our Savior wants to love you. And our Savior wants to save you as only he can. Our ending text today, this last part of our text, uh, we pick it up in Luke 24, verse 9. It says, returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the 11 and to the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who were with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them. 
can't say as I blame them. And they did not believe the women. Peter, however, I love Peter. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. And when he stooped in, he saw only linen cloths, but he went away amazed, amazed at what had happened. The, the testimony of, of these women who discovered, of, of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, and the, and the mother of James, and the others, this, this testimony... It's a powerful thing. This is them saying very clearly, don't take my word for it. In fact, don't take my word for it. Anything I've said for you today, to you today, come and see. Come and see who our resurrected Lord is. Come and see that he is risen. Come and see that he can change your life. Come and see that he provides and offers you salvation that no one else can. Come and see that he can heal you that he loves you, that he is faithful where nobody else is, that he will never fall short, and that nothing, nothing can pry you away from him. Come and see. As our worship team comes back up, I'm gonna offer us a prayer. And the prayer is that you will come and see. You will come and see our risen Lord. You will come and see the author and perfecter of our faith, this, this person who has changed our lives and we know can change yours, right? Because he is the father of love and he is our savior and he is risen. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your strength. We are thankful for the gift of your son, who endured so much in this week just because he loves us. I pray a special blessing upon those today who, who have been wondering who Jesus is, who are curious about wanting to know more about who he is. And, and I pray that you will whisper in their ears to come and see, to come and see the risen Lord, to come and see their savior and to come and find salvation and life that can only be found in one place and that is in you it is in jesus holy name that i pray amen (laughs) amen and amen deep down in my heart right the love the peace the joy of jesus christ that comes with knowing him and that we desire for you to see and have an experience today you know, if, our, uh, if you want to talk to anybody about who our Lord is and come to know him better, we have people in the chat room. They will be there for the next several minutes. We also invite you to call us, text us, email us. Let us know how we can help you come to know our Lord and Savior better. We'd also like to offer Keith and Deb Reefstall a special prayer. We are so happy that Keith is doing better, and we continue to pray that he will grow and strengthen with every turn. We are thankful for all that you have done for our church, and we hope to see you back here soon, right? All right, so I'm gonna close this in a time of prayer, and we pray that this will be a blessing upon you and upon your families, and this is a wonderful Easter time for you. So let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your mercies, and we are thankful for your son. We have spent the last hour singing of his praises and talking about who he is and telling others of who he is. And guess what? It still doesn't seem like quite enough because he is just that amazing. 
Lord God, I pray today for those among us that are sick. I pray for you to continue to strengthen their bodies and their minds. I pray for you to heal those who are in need of spiritual healing today, in emotional healing today. I pray that you will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, that we will turn to you in all things and find peace and joy and love and life that can only be found in you. Thank you for the sacrifice of your son and thank you for his resurrection. Thank you for bringing him back for the return of life that he will never give up and that he offers us as well. Thank you. We are humbled and we are honored and we are your servants. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he grant you favor and may he give you peace. Happy Easter.